Hey there, welcome to Trust the Bachelor Process. I'm Sarah, self-proclaimed Bachelor super fan and person who actually believes it's possible to find love on the show. Join me each week as I recap episodes with my friends who love talking about The Bachelor as much as I do. So go grab some rosé and join me along for the journey. you guys for men tell all which i thought was gonna be hometowns and men tell all um but i was wrong it was just men tell all but that's okay um i am really really excited to share my two guests today this is the first married couple i've ever had on this podcast yes first married and um- Yes, I'm very, I am so honored that you guys have joined me. Very good friends of mine, Drew Link and Maggie Cupid Link. Hello, everyone. Hello, Hello, Bachelor Nation. (laughs) (laughs) The whole nation's listening. We will gladly accept the title of first married couple. And happily too. I could speak for both of us, our first time to ever be invited to be guests on a podcast, a nationally renowned podcast. And it is one of my biggest career achievements to date. I would concur with that statement. <laughs> Probably of my life. I, it's that is, that's actually a really big deal because you guys both have very successful careers, <laughs> very impressive, successful people. Um, so I'm just going to brag yeah, on my friends. What, Drew? A great success is our friendship with you, Sarah. Yes, we're very lucky to be friends with you. And just so everyone out there knows, Sarah keeps in touch with us, even though we never live in the same place. And we're apart or across the country all the time. And we always are best friends. It's really special. Yeah. Oh, hey, that was so nice. This is definitely going to turn into like a love fest. <laughs> to talk about the show we might forget first I'd like to brag on my friends a little bit um so Drew is a dentist and for anyone in like the St. Louis area um you should go see him at the dental link it's in Baldwin great pun for all it is a great pun for all of your dental needs um you've actually never looked at my teeth ever but I do remember one time Drew I was very worried because I thought I had a receding gum line and you did take like not under like not in your office just in your house a look at it <laughs> and you told me I had nothing to be worried about and I and I've I given you reassurance yeah yeah so I've always really appreciate really appreciated that and Maggie <laughs> is a pediatric oncology fellow and she has also written two books that Maggie, I think you can get them on Amazon, right? And and other places you get books. <laughs> I don't know. They're, mostly, they're mostly online because they're not, you know, bestseller status yet. They aren't at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Well, we can make they, will, they are online. <laughs> we can make them bestsellers. The first one is Why God Suffering Through Cancer into Faith. And then your your most recent one, Skinny or Not, Here I Come, a memoir of an eating disorder and recovery journey. And I just Again, I'm just gonna, I said, it's gonna be a love fest. I'm gonna brag on my friends. Maggie, you are just always such a wonderful, inspirational person. And I am very, very grateful to Drew for bringing you into my life. And for you guys being such good friends. Everyone was so surprised when we like first started dating. They're like, I think Drew's making this Everyone acted like they were so surprised. He brought home a girl and that she was tolerable real we were kind of like he's like telling us about you and we're kind of like really drew you like swear this girl likes you back (laughs) it's easy to get delusional about people liking you back and you know not to be too tangential but that happens a lot on the bachelor and the bachelorette good tie and thank you for bringing us back to the point maggie Needed here for a reason. Okay, so why don't the two of you tell us, either individually or together, um, how you started watching the show? 
Well, I started watching the show actually um, in 2010 to 2011. I believe that was Emily Maynard around that time. I think so. I was actually um, a cancer patient at the time and I had a lot of free time that year when I wasn't being in chemo, I would sit around and wait for the next chemo. And so I needed distractions and it was the perfect distraction because it's nothing like my life, believe it or not. And so especially (laughs) that year in chemo, it was such a foreign situation to what I was going through. It was a welcome, you know, escape from reality. Oh, that's, I feel like, I feel like even though the bachelor has its issues, we talk about them a lot. It is the ultimate escape. And I just feel like it, it is like that kind of comfort show that kind of feels like it, Definitely. Can, yeah, it brings people together. Cause after that, I would watch it in college. And then I would always just invite a bunch of girls over and it would make me more popular because everyone come watch the bachelorette in my room or the bachelor and that I utilize that tech, that tactic. And I still do. I just moved here for my fellowship and every Monday night, my roommate and I were the bachelorette viewing party. And there's like six or eight girls that come over and drink wine and eat snacks with us. And it like lets us lead the pack. It is a uh, bachelor is like the ultimate unifier amongst women in college. Oh, why was I nodding so heartily to that? Drew's like, I yeah. totally Drew wasn't a woman in college um, or after college, but he <laughs> learned about the show because at first I made him watch it, and then then he really got into it separately. Tell, tell them about this, Drew. You're doing a great job sharing my journey. Go to your point. The bachelors and bachelor is like the perfect like social lubricant to like talk to such a Ew. random group of people about like patients, coworkers. I'm like constantly somehow having it referenced in just my day to day. But yeah, Maggie's right in that I was one of those you know, stereotypical guys are like, oh, I'm not going to watch that. Like, that's just completely off. Or you would just watch it to tolerate it because of me and blame it on. Exactly. And then it was really weird. Like at some point I realized, like I was really invested into it, but like, I was never conscious of when that happened. I did watch a little bit during Ben Higgins season because uh, Rachel Chen was in it. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I know a contestant. Oh, yeah. We all know Rachel from um, high school. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool to see someone I know on television. And then, like, I kind of fell off. The first season I really seem to remember, I feel like, was Rachel Lindsay's. And then Maggie and I were long distance. Well, Maggie and I are long distance again now. But we are long distance in school at the time. And- I promise we like each other. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're still happily married. No, um, there there's a Monday night guys bachelor viewing group, and there's significant others. I got involved with that, and there was a fantasy bachelor league that you helped me draft my team for, Sarah. I remember that, um, and I got really involved with it then. The unfortunate end of that story was that I won the league, and then later got called out for cheating from having illegal help with my draft. Why did you tell them? I know. Too honest. You're too honest, Drew. Sarah helped me drafting my team, but it's not like. She's not a national. At that time, she she wasn't a world expert. Like, she wasn't renowned yet. Rachel was my my first season doing this, Rachel Lindsay. And I I think I actually ruined that for you, Drew, because I think I saw another friend of ours, Hannah. um, And I. She was in the. Oh, you told her. I think, but I don't think I knew. I don't think I knew that I couldn't tell her because I was like, I like saw her and I was talking to her about the Bachelor League and I was like, yeah, I helped Drew out and she was like, what? (laughs) You know though that could have won twenty dollars, Sarah. Come on. He could have bought me one rose. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That year was the year though. Drew pretended not to like it in most social settings. (laughs) 
And then it took him another couple of years, like actually probably this past year is the first year that he is out of the closet completely when it comes to his love of these shows. And he used to just like linger around and pretend he was watching because of me and be like, oh, I guess you want to watch tonight. And now he's like, are we watching? Are you watching? It's on. Like he like got the charcuterie board. Yeah. He's like, now he's planning all the bachelor nights himself. So do you, do you I'm really proud. Else, like Bravo, like Housewives or anything like that. I do, Drew. I, I haven't. I should make him. I, I like the Asian um, one, not Crazy Rich Asians, because I've read those books and seen that movie. The the, um, the ones in LA that are. Um, it's on Netflix. Bling Empire. Bling Empire. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah. That. He did that watch that. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that in passing. Yeah, that was pretty good. And well, so- and. Um, not a reality show, but in college, he did watch Gossip Girl with me, and he liked it. Oh, well, I mean, but everyone watches Gossip Girl. Yeah. There's a new Gossip Girl, and it's not the same, but it's okay. I agree with you. I think it's okay. I think I'm, honestly, I'm going to give it one more episode, and then I'm going to be done with it, I think, if I yeah. They don't even dress as cool as Blair Waldorf. It's too Gen Z. Like, I uh-huh. cannot relate. I need headbands. I need neck scarves. <laughs> totally. You need to wear one really long earring and one really short earring. Yes. I you need, like, the, um, the accent nail polish yes. color on your ring finger. And everything yes. else is one color. And then your ring finger is, like, glitter. Like, totally. What I need. They call that a party nail. A party nail. I call it an accent. <laughs> I once went and got that done, and the girl said, "Oh, you mean party nail?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> I like kind of still do it. <laughs> Is that, Is that say, Maggie? The the fact that you didn't know what it was called means that generation has passed us by. But Sarah is holding on to her youth. And knows what the party nail is. Oh. She's also applying for future stylist of the Bachelorette because the current one apparently is not doing her job. Well, can we get into the style? Because I don't have a lot of different ideas about what's driving the style problem. I think we should theorize about really what is the problem here. Okay, I'd love to hear your theories because I just assume Katie's like not wanting to wear anything she wants. Or the I, think Katie, I think in real life, Katie just wears blue jeans and t-shirts and she rocks them. She's one of those girls where all the guys are like, man, she can just get down with the guys and watch football in her jeans and her t-shirt. She would be great in the Midwest. She would thrive in the Midwest where she's. Just- You're right. She like kind of is a Midwest girl. Yeah. Even but though I she, think- you're still right, Drew. To be on this kind of show, though, like she doesn't have that kind of style. And so instead they made up one for her. And it's just very strange. You think they made it up? Yeah, I think they pretended to make her a style. Their idea of Katie. And I think really Katie just wants to strip down and put on her blue jeans again every time. Wow. (laughs) But she does kind of just wear jeans and t-shirts still. Like it's to the point where I'm like, can we at least tuck in the shirt? Can we try? <laughs> yes. I don't know. I'm like, I just, I've, I've lost, I don't know. I've just given up I've on that. I've lost fashion respect for her. I haven't lost respect for her because I, I don't quite, well, one, it's like clothes, right? Whatever. We like we all said, like everyone knows she's a babe. It's fine. But like, I'm just. I don't know. I just don't get it. Like to me, when I like close my eyes at night and dream about being the bachelorette and like escape to my fantasy life. Yeah, like we all do. Yeah, like we all do. Drew, we know you dream about being the bachelor sometimes. (laughs) Or on paradise. I don't know. But part of that dream is like the fancy dresses, the incredible leather jacket like the insane high heels like part of it is the clothes that'll never get to wear in real life very impractical impractical like sequined spaghetti strap dress that hardly covers anything and it's 12 degrees outside but you commit because you're the bachelorette and you will freeze and also when you shiver it burns calories and you just go for it I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to recommend that. Again, I wrote a book about sort <laughs> of recovery. I'm, I don't want to be uh, marketing that to any of you. Bundle up, girls. 
<laughs> I, I am always terrified of being cold. So like I have a jacket on at all times. Yeah. <laughs> so Drew, if, did you, at, from a male perspective, a straight male perspective, did you notice, have, did you notice the switch in a, like attire for the bachelorette without us talking about it? Yes, but I think it was mostly juxtaposed to Tasha. Mm. Like I, I think that's the. So do you mean clothes or do you mean beauty in general? It's hard to overlook the beauty. It, I I don't know. The whole thing. They need to keep Tasha off screen if they're trying to build Katie up. Yeah. Um, like. I feel like maybe as the season's gone down, Tasha's like dressed down a little bit. Like, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's a just, problem. It's tough. Well, so I was watching it last night with my roommate who's never ever seen the Bachelor Bachelorette once in his life. And he's like, Yeah, I'll watch with you. And he's when he first saw Katie, he's like, Oh wow, she's a babe, she's a 10. And then he saw Tasha and he's like, Well, she's a 10 too. But maybe a little more. <laughs> Just yeah. Like, yeah, that's it, the problem. It's like not fair. It's like honestly not fair to put like this a babe, but like this like short babe in jeans and a t-shirt next to Tasha, who's like her, like her she, she is a Barbie. She's she a is. Yeah, Barbie. yeah, she's a real life Barbie. Mm-hmm. She's so she's so beautiful. And, and like, so <laughs> well that's the thing katie's like the hottest girl next your friend group yeah like still there's that possibility of being attainable you know we're objectifying people to be attainable or not attainable but um right this is all objectifying like, that, and I feel kind of that you would participate in this discussion <laughs> oh no these people are all attainable <laughs> i started it i started it <laughs> but Tasha's it's like on this pedestal and it's like these people don't exist in real life. I know. I and know. I will say that Drew, I want to say that this is an original thought for Drew. I mean, Tasha oh, has been in the apple of his eye from the <laughs> beginning of her. <laughs> and okay, I don't feel, I I don't feel threatened that. because I know she's unattainable and I'm attainable for him. But Tasha is like from the moment she appeared on screen, Drew said that girl's the prettiest. I want that girl to win. I would pick that girl. On Colton season, yeah. On Colton yeah. season, like when she like just came out of the room, like, oh wow, that girl's way too attractive for Colton. Like yeah. the whole season, he would say, Oh, there she is, that girl. That's the there one she I'm is. There and, she is. That's she when I should have known. Yeah, Colton, he wanted to watch. You know, was maybe not heterosexual, was the fact that he didn't pick her. You know, I'm just, like objectively that's true. Um, that's true yeah if, oh, his, if his um what do they call it what does that lady say the penis does the picking what what <laughs> i've literally <laughs> not never an expression <laughs> no there was that show millionaire matchmaker and that lady patty she's crazy and really unattractive and she would say over and over again to the men here is your problem the penis does the picking And she would encourage them to use their heads and they couldn't. So that's like her thing of like, that that will tell you who you're attracted to. And she would tell the women that. So like, you better be on your game and you better look your best. Oh my gosh. I understand that we're watching The Bachelor. We're talking about The Bachelor right now. And it has, again, has its issues, but that Mm -hmm. sounds highly problematic. (laughs) No million dollar matchmaker. Uh, they hadn't made any more seasons for a while. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that like a commercial for that in a while. All right. <laughs> Overall, are you guys liking Katie's season? I am. Yeah. I, I like it because I actually, I know it's not as dramatic as some, but I like it because the guys we're getting to meet, they all seem like, for the most part, very good humans. And that is a rarity in this show. It feels like they're all more relatable kind people and sh- the, the part I struggle with is though that I can't tell who she likes because she acts like she's in love with everyone who dates her and so I'm confused and I don't know where where she's gonna go every week I think she's picking somebody else yeah that was what was so strange about you know her not liking um oh my gosh the math teacher 
and they sh they showed the recap of their first kiss when he was still in the cat outfit Honor and cat. like she was hardcore making out I'm like if that's someone who's not into a kiss I don't know Maggie's never been into a kiss of mine then like <laughs> so you haven't put on your cat suit lately <laughs> Lately, lately, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I would say God. I like this season for the guys. I mean, I'm happy for Katie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it's just an awesome group of guys, and it looks like they're having so much fun with each other. Yeah, um, they kind of become like a they're broing out, and when they leave, they cry about each well, other. Well, they cry for each other. Like it's just they're the most emotionally confident group of men I've seen on television. Yeah, it, it actually is so refreshing because I feel like every season they have some guy that's like ultimate toxic masculinity masculinity. And I am not really getting that that this season, even from um Hunter. Like I understand he wasn't maybe the best, but I'm like, he wasn't like oh. he's like the best compared to a lot of other seasons. Yeah. And that was, I was really glad last night. They kind of gave him, in my opinion, some redemption. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad um, that he kind of got stood up for uh, when James was trying to tear him down. I think James is the box guy. Um, he is the box guy. Why yeah. is his hair still greased? I'm really concerned about his hair. I don't know. He's not totally my type. Connie, who comes on the podcast a lot, He's like, she seems to be like really into his vibe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, is grease, like grease lightning look coming back in? I don't know. I mean, the 90s are back. Was that 90s? That was before the 90s. Yeah, it was before that. But I guess, I mean, anything can come back. Anything can come back. All right. Before we get too deep into the mental all, let's have a chat about Michael A. Yes, thank you. I've been waiting for this opportunity. Michael, wherever you are out there, I just want you to know I care about you as a person. You have a beautiful heart. And when you talk about your wife, I cry. And I always know that you are just the best dad and you are the best husband to her. And you deserve someone way better than Katie. So maybe oh. it's good that you left because you need someone who's like on your level I don't think you're going to find that on TV, Michael. Okay. Maggie, that was shocking. I didn't know you were going to say someone better than you. <laughs> like, no offense to her. She's a lovely young lady, but I don't know that she can meet his, and match his depth I think and his um, ability to give love. And he's a, just a very kind soul. And I think that she's more superficial than him. So I think probably he needs someone better he also he should probably marry like a pediatrician or something like <laughs> or like a moral <laughs> example right, you had your tasha moment let, <laughs> let her have her my game <laughs> he hasn't contacted me yet just to be clear <laughs> no, um, i agree that my gay is like the best human being in the world i so it always said he was like a small business owner and i am frantically looking up everyone's name so i can remember him because of course now it's the only time i can't his small business is called the l4 project and it's about um fundraising and support for families and individuals going through cancer what yes. I'm, gonna reach out. I'm gonna reach out now i have to he <laughs> needs to be the next bachelor but he's should not at the same time he should not be the next bachelor yeah i'm not pro michael a being the bachelor at all i love him i love him and i want nothing but love and joy and happiness and a friendship for him with maggie <laughs> but i i do not want him being the bachelor i'm very anti him being bachelor well yeah i, I just googled his website it's called l4 because it was for lara uh, I'm gonna be emailing him later, but only in a very platonic way. Are you gonna let Drew read the email? Yeah, you can proofread it, Drew. <laughs> 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 oh 
Oh my gosh. I know. Well, I was convinced this was going to happen for a long time. I just did not see him like sticking around. I thought the timing was really weird though. And so my roommate brought this up because I, the whole episode when I should have been diligently taking notes on people's names, um, I was explaining the bachelorette to a person who's never seen it before. And he's like, so I'm really confused. This guy stuck around this entire time and he's been FaceTiming his son the entire time and been long distance from his son the entire time. And only now when he's a final four contestant, he decides that it's too much. And he le- it, it just seemed like I 100% agree that if he needs to be with his son, go be with his son. But like, you made it this far. Yeah. And you were about to, you could have brought your son to meet Katie. I don't think that he was, I, I think he knew this wasn't it for him. Like, I think he knew he wasn't going to end up with her. And this was kind of the perfect excuse. And I, I get it, but like, even the, even his son, I understand he made that heartbreaking comment and I'm not. I think someone fed him those words. I also think if they were his words, he was playing with his toy dinosaurs five minutes later. And yes, yes. I, I'm not a parent. I don't like, I don't know what it would be like to hear my child say those things but he it sounded like the kid didn't care (laughs) like four or five yeah he just like developmentally children don't actually understand what they're saying when they use those words and if they do understand they don't have the attention span and memory short term to be able to actually remember how they feel five minutes later so like most likely, even if he felt sad, he didn't feel sad by the time they hung up. And by the time Michael gets home, he's probably going to be involved in something else, like not really thinking about his dad, you know? So like, I think it's good to go home to your kid if that's what you want, but don't blame the kid. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's true. That's true. I, yeah, he just, the kid just kind of said in passing, he did not cry. And I was like, I don't think that's why you left. I think you left. I'm sure you missed your son. I'm sure. Yeah. But I think you don't want to, I think you don't see the future with Katie. Yeah. Because aren't the way hometowns are working since they're on the resort, they bring the families to the resort. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now there may have been restrictions with children traveling because yeah, we've been talking about just his parents being there. So like, I don't know all the restrictions around COVID for them but it could be that that the kid wasn't allowed to go my roommate thinks she knows all about it she knows a lot about the bachelor and she said that the plan was that 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 kid was not coming to yeah it didn't sound like he was okay Okay. yeah but i also think that when katie said to him i'm so sad like i saw you going to the end then my response is, well, if you really did, then you quit the show right now and you say, okay, I choose yeah, you. It's I, over. So that's- I think it was kind of amicable at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. She only has amicable breakups because she kisses everyone a bunch after she dumps them. Yeah, yeah she does a lot of post-breakup makeout. That would be so confusing for me. As, me too. Well, not even just as a guy. That would just be so confusing for me. Yeah. <laughs> if I've ever done that yeah share how many posts no it's not even a post breakup makeout it's like in it, it's like immediately after it's it's like a breakup kiss it's not like oh the next weekend we got drunk and we kind of had a swap right. I've kissed plenty of guys that we broke up with weeks months years after that. <laughs> but like, I don't I don't like I don't know that I've ever done like an in the breakup makeout Maybe that's because you've only ever been on the receiving end. Maybe. All my breakups were over the phone. Via <laughs> text, Maggie's ruthless. No, I mean, they were just on the phone. I mean, I, I called. Ruth, like, she tried to text me once to break up. I just pretended like I didn't get it. <laughs> no, but I do identify with Michael's son a little because I texted Drew the other day and I said, I feel like you don't want to talk to me on the phone. And that's because he's been really busy and I felt like he wasn't making enough time for me on the phone but I know he actually wants to talk to me I just said that to get what I wanted which is what Michael's son did and and it's working you can't give in to that I mean Drew you can but with a child um you shouldn't but with an adult Drew you should (laughs) (laughs) oh man all right 
before we get too in the weeds, <laughs> right? Let's talk about mental all. So I do think generally this was a boring mental all because they all are obsessed with each other and there was like nothing to air. They like kind of fought with Carl for like a second. So I just loved that it was like Tasha and Caitlin went in with no script. At least it seemed like they had no script. I don't think they prepare at all for anything to see this. They didn't. And so when um, when Carl and who did he stand up to? Trey? I don't know. Two guys stood up and got kind of face to face. Oh, yeah. Brendan. Um, or was that one of the Brendan, other? No, it was, okay. I, I think it was Brent. Let's just go with that. But like Tasha and Caitlin are just like, oh, we didn't foresee this. <laughs> and they, like they saw their jaws dropped. Like <laughs> and I, I joked literally right before or during that, I joked with my roommate, um, uh, pantomiming them, like, uh, let's go to commercial. And legitimately right afterwards, they're like, all right, let's take a quick break. <laughs> it's just like we need to figure out what to do. <laughs> Yeah, they had, yeah, they really, I just feel like they were incredibly unprepared. I remember right before the filming started, like two days before, Caitlin was on an Instagram story and she was like, I just had a meeting with Tasha. We're like kind of trying to figure out like what we want to do this season. We like don't really want to be hosts. We want to be mentors. And I'm like, it's two days before filming. How are we not talking about this? (laughs) <laughs> that's probably something you should discuss yeah before yeah. okay I want to know because the whole thing was like Carl was like I was talking about Thomas I was talking about Thomas did you guys like how did you feel about the Thomas breakup and exit and the whole situation well first of all why did he zoom in probably because he didn't want to get roasted well, you can still get roasted. I guess he's a coward. So that's good to know. Maybe it could have been COVID stuff. Because right. there were a lot of guys that weren't COVID. there. Yeah. Well, I always felt like it was weird of him in that circle of truth to bring up that he was there for the wrong reasons. Like, like it was almost like he was bragging that he was there for the wrong reasons. But now, because she's good enough for him, he decided he liked her and would want to stay. And that rubbed me the wrong way. But I think he was just an didn't realize how it came off. I don't necessarily think he was malicious. I think that most people come there for the wrong reason and then they fall in love and they stay. And he was just admitting to that, but that's not something you actually say. Right. I think he was probably being the most honest and all of them had had thoughts about being the bachelor, but the issue was that he said it out loud. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, There's some things you gotta keep yourself your main motivation how could you not think like oh if I go on this show there is a chance I could be next season's bachelor maybe that's not why I'm going but these days everyone knows that and these days it is motivating just like if you're a musician you might get more famous like it's very much normal for people to think of that when they get on the show so if you're an author you might sell more books when you go on the podcast, when you go on the podcast, <laughs> Amazon.com, if you guys have ever heard of it. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of musicians, um, okay, Connor's like, like surprise audience member make out. So I texted you guys. I saw yeah, her there. Yeah, photo in her uh, Twitter. She's like a rising musician. She and- is very attractive. Yeah. I feel like she was a plant. That just felt like so strange. It was so random. I'm like, is she going to be next season's um, like private concert artist? (laughs) (laughs) They finally wanted a private concert artist that someone knew. So they introduced her in the previous season. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is just like promoting for the next season. It to me, it had it had to have been a plant. Like well, it, yeah. Here's the thing. If it wasn't a plant, here's the proof. Because don't you know that every time there's a live showing or there's an audience, some woman or a man decides they're going to make out with a contestant and they run towards the stage. And the only reason we don't see it is because security guards. 
well, that's what I was going to say. Like when we were watching their roommate, he's like, how, how do you just allow audience members to like come up? Or, what if he was like psychotic? <laughs> yeah. Or like, what's going to stop women tell all next season from a guy being like, hey, I've always had the hots for you. You want to be out? I don't know. Yes. It was very odd. I've never seen such a passionate makeout by two sober strangers in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, arguably the first makeout session me and Drew had could be comparable, but except for Drew what? wasn't sober. I was going to say, there's no chance both of you. <laughs> well, I didn't drink at that time at all. So I was well, sober. I and Drew pretended Drew sorry. pretended that he was the sober monitor at the party. No, I, no, no, no. I was the sober monitor. But he was drinking. Well, you just. You he was the drunk sober monitor. So I, I like, he leaned in to kiss me and I had been, sorry to detour from The Bachelor, but brief insight into our love life. I had been like burned a few times before when it came to kissing guys and thinking they really liked me but it turns out they were just drunk and horny and so I really liked Drew and then when he started to kiss me we were dancing and he leaned in to kiss me I said no 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 I said and he said why and I said because you're drinking you're I said because you're drunk and then um he said oh no I'm the sober monitor and then I thought to myself I blew it and then a few minutes later I said to him you can try again now and did he boy did he try again <laughs> we made out on the stairs that like everyone was trying to go up and down and we clogged a major avenue in the house anyway Wait, I, I thought the mental all for me was better than most because like I I never liked the towels that much wow. because I don't like people getting in each other's faces and just yelling at each other like I don't I like hearing like the behind the scenes stuff of like what they were talking about in the house and how yeah. they were dealing with this it. is not a hockey match Drew, did <laughs> you not. love connor's song about bromance i did i did well because i was t- i was giving you know explanation about this whole season to my friend and i'm like yeah so really this season is more about the guys who really like each other probably more than the contestant and they're just having a good time hanging out and then that song came on it's true. Did it take you back to Priory? <laughs> I guess. Well, no, it was, it was like a fraternity. I'm like, this is. This oh, right. And fraternity. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so all guys high school and fraternity life. I'm just like, this is just guys hanging out. Your fraternity, because your fraternity didn't really haze you. But some fraternities are we not. We were the nerdy fraternity on campus. And uh, to clarify, Drew's fraternity did not have an old South party. No, we did oh, not. Know that's South great Park. to know. Yeah, um, just make sure we're putting that out there and being honest about that because yeah. we don't want Drew to be shamed online. Yeah. Well, uh, if I still get to date Matt James afterwards, I don't know. <laughs> Drew's top, top Bachelor Nation people, Tasha Matt James. Is that why you were sober monitor? Because I was kind of like, why did your parties have a sober monitor? <laughs> but I guess in your fraternity, everyone like rotated. Yeah, yeah, we we were yeah we were required to no actually my real man crush from this season as much as I love um, Matt not Matt Michael Michael is uh, Andrew S. Which by the way to one who just got sent home the soccer I mean the football player okay yes he's not a soccer player Sarah he plays football now you would be forgiven for thinking he plays soccer i told several people he was a soccer player because he called it football and it was europe and then no maggie it's american football he's just not good enough to play it here he played exactly he played college football in the u.s at like one state university Um, we all just assumed it was soccer because right i didn't know you played both American football and other countries. You, you well, do when you're not good enough to play in the NFL. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, other countries had American football. My roommate, she has some good lines, I've got to admit. She said, honestly, I'm just like, I'm more impressed with that because it shows he loves football so much that he would go play it in a random country where no one cares about it because he is his passion. Yeah. And even if he's not the best, he's going to pursue Which it. And I think that's team. admirable. The fact that he was willing to give up football for Katie is insane to me. If 
it was the biggest sacrifice lucrative (laughs) well okay i guarantee you it's not lucrative but if someone's playing you know american football over in europe they probably they're doing it because they love the sport it's like playing a sport in college when you're d2 or d3 like you have to really love it right it would be like me giving up podcasting for, uh, <laughs> for hey, he would never ask you to do it he would never ask he would never ask that of me wait i'm so embarrassed <laughs> i had no idea <laughs> sarah in front of like I, I don't have my own podcast or anything so it's not as bad but in front of my whole slew of girls that are hanging out in my house because i'm the cool hostess i was like yeah y'all and i don't know if you know but this guy he plays European soccer. He's pretty cool. And then Jessica's like, Maggie, he plays American football in Europe. And I was like, <laughs> I had no idea. Well, no, you're right in that technically over in Europe, they typically call it football. But I, the first episode where he said he was a pro football player, I looked at him like, oh, they must mean football because he does not have the build of a soccer player. <laughs> Although to be fair, he doesn't have the build of an NFL player. Um, so then I looked him up and he played college football at Winona State. Uh, I should have probably just texted you rather than correct you. Yeah, that. I can't believe, like, have you been saving? I can't believe I'm getting called out. <laughs> no, I just, I'm like, oh, shit. Every time I hear you say it, I'm like, oh, I should just tell her, but I'll be like, drive, because I typically listen to you when I'm driving and I don't want to text and drive. Um, and then I forget. Oh my <laughs> This is awful. I can't believe I've led everyone astray. I've led people astray a lot this season. That I was like, I told everyone this was hometowns plus mental all. Like, <laughs> I keep doing that. I will say, I didn't know mental all. I, like, I just thought, oh, it's just mental all, nothing else. But then I was really excited when the episode started and it wasn't just mental all, there was another little portion. So I was happily pleased and surprised and I was just glad to see, cause I feel like mental law is just a different show. Like it's a good show, but it's like, I want to see the, the romance. I want to see the story. And I honestly, I want to see figure Katie out cause I don't know where her heart is. And I don't know if, if she's just, she's just too nice to everyone or if she actually does like everyone and she's confused. Not to quote, million dollar matchmaker (laughs) but I kind of feel like Katie's Mm -hmm. hypothetical penis is doing the picking because I I'm convinced she's picking Blake yeah I think you're right which is insane I think it's because their sexual chemistry is why would he give her that feeling down there because he (laughs) is the last person that would give me that feeling out there. Some people just connect. Some people just connect. I- Thank you for explaining this to me. (laughs) I don't understand it. As a physician, it's still beyond me. I, I don't know, but they're like, it is like unparalleled. Like they are magnets to each other. Yeah. Like when's the last, I don't even know, like, I'm trying to think, last time I probably witnessed anything like this was like Caitlin Bristow and Nick Viall. Yeah. Honestly, it's like unreal. And then, yeah, and she took him as far as she could so she could sleep with him and then she dumped him. Well, she slept with him well before Fantasy Suites. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, and Katie is very sexually liberated as we know. Yeah. And so it's it awesome. Make sense that she's letting her penis do the picking. I'm kind of all about like take whoever you want to the fantasy suites, but I, I definitely, I think she's picking Blake because I just, li- I do not know who else it would be. Is that going to be the do title of this episode? The penis is doing picking. I don't, yeah. I might not be allowed. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it, she tried because be I think she's not um, relevant anymore. So it's fine. Million dollar match. <laughs> but you know what? I, um, I don't know. Do you, I don't see a future with Katie and Blake. I see that they would have a lot of sex in a lot of strange places and they would play a lot of sex games with a lot of sex toys. And then, then what? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> what else? I'm not sure where you go after that. <laughs> Me neither. 
I haven't done all those things yet, even in the context of my marriage. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I am like, I'm now really confused about like the next two weeks because we've got Paradise airing on August 16th. And so like, we have two weeks left to get through Hometowns, mm-hmm. Fantasy Suite, and a finale. And I'm like, something yeah. is going to have to go down, which I guess they're teasing, to have all three of these. The teaser offers. where she's like, I'm going to get on a plane. Yes. We keep waiting for that to happen. I well, wanted it to happen with moment. Michael. Yeah. You what? I wanted her to get on the plane for Michael, and then I wanted him to reject her once they got there. But- you know, it doesn't really matter what I wanted. <laughs> You're not the bachelorette, Maggie. I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not God either. <laughs> Yet. Yet. He was. Well, but there's only three hometowns now. Um, so maybe that'll move a little more quickly. And I feel like the hometown dates, they should fly through anyway, because they're just bringing them to this darn resort, which I'm sick of. Yeah, what do you think about that, Sarah? Do you enjoy the hometowns when they're fake? Um, I feel like a lot of the times they're fake. Like a lot of a lot of families will like rent a house. So their real house. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, Rachel Lindsay's parents, that wasn't their home because he's yeah, a lot oh, of them get like if it looks like pristine, it's likely like a rental. Um I I was, I liked the resort for Matt James's season, but I think it's because we had so many options and there was like water and land games. And there was like a lot of different stuff we could do. I'm very tired of New Mexico and like everything taking place in the middle of a desert. I agree. I preferred the, all the trees and the wood, the woodlands and the mountains and the valleys. So they're supposed to be, now this could be another just flat out lie that I tell you all every week, but they're supposed to be traveling for Michelle. Better travel. Yes. And honestly, makes the whole process entertaining because more entertaining because I just remember thinking, I haven't been there. I haven't been there. That's so cool. I have been there. I hadn't seen that part of the city. Like you feel like as a as a viewer, you are traveling for free. We need to see a bunch of jumping in an exotic location. Yes. And I think though, there's an aspect of falling in love that happens when people go to exotic locations. And I'm not saying it's success long-term, but in the short term, it really sets people's hearts aflame. And so I want to see more of that. Vacation brings people together or tears them apart. Yes. Do you remember the first time we went international, Drew? Yes. It was a little bit more like the latter. Was it Scotland? Yeah. I think uh, I almost yes, tore us apart. Yeah, it could be hard. I've actually tore us apart. I've never been international with Adam. I yeah. prefer it when it's luxury and then it brings us together. But when there's a lot of hiking and dragging things around and there's not like nice room for me and you know, the prosthetic leg is aching and no one- I loved our Airbnb. There's no, there's no coffee shop. Oh, and our Airbnb. <laughs> it was a cute Airbnb, but, but I, I like feel it's easier for me to connect romantically in a luxurious state. Mm. And I don't know what that says about me. It can't be- Yeah, you would do well on The Bachelorette. Thank you. Thank you, Drew. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> that was so sweet. Okay. You think me? So, okay. Let's talk about Katie. Katie coming out and greeting the men because I kind of had some thoughts. I think she definitely picked somebody. Because I feel like she was very robotic, not showing a lot of emotion as she typically does. And she was just kind of like, she had like her speech practice for everyone. And I'm like, to me, this says that she's with somebody and she is like that relationship. Yes. And she even did use the words, I have no regrets. And I think that a lot of times people have a lot of regrets if they end up alone. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> he seemed a little cold almost. So I, I think robotic is, is a better way that you put it. it. It, you know, like I couldn't walk into a room after everything I went through with Andrew S and Mike A and like not be more emotional, but she was like, oh, it's good to see you guys. Basically, yeah, I feel like they really get into it and she's like, like the bachelor or the bachelorette will be like, okay, let me like help you out with some closure here. Like, here's really what was going on. Like, they're really honest. They're really vulnerable. And it seems like she was just super rehearsed and like knew who she had to say to what to the point that she called Andrew Thomas. <laughs> yeah. no, um, Aaron. Aaron. Oh my God. Aaron. That was so great. That was so bad. <laughs> She had a very strange posture the whole time. Did y'all know, is that just me? And maybe that's part of the robotic you were noticing is that she wasn't relaxed in the couch. She was sitting out of the couch, like with perfect back posture, leaning forward slightly as if she was like sitting on eggshells. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know, like, I think it was because here's what I really think. I think she's in love with whoever she picked, but I think it's such a young, superficial, bachelorette-driven love that it's still fragile. And so she knew that when she saw those boys, she was going to have feelings for a lot of them. So she would just turn off her feelings. Yeah, yeah. It's like she couldn't get emotional. She didn't want to connect with them because that was a threat to her current relationship. So she just turned it off. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. She was acting like we haven't seen her act the entire season. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why it was it was so striking. It was just so different from how she's always been. Which she wasn't I, that's good because we want her to still be with yeah. someone right now. Right. I want happiness and love for Katie. I do. Um one Blake's attractive. Do I think Blake is attractive? Yeah. Um, he is not who I would pick. I think especially because some of these other men are like level attractive like like Justin is the hottest guy she has in her final for sure you think so Justin of three yeah oh I think Greg is cuter than Justin but I think Blake is the ugliest of the whole whole squad like I think no offense to you Blake if you're listening because you probably listen to Sarah but right. like I, I, there's something about you and your face and your personality and all of it and your facial hair and all of it together that doesn't sit well with me he feels sleazy and I, yeah. I, I don't exactly know why like I can't yeah. point to a certain thing but his vibe is sleazy his vibe is very sexually driven and I don't care about anything but sex. So that's why I'm here. That's his vibe. But proof is wrong, Blake. I dare you. <laughs> this is the Blake challenge. No, okay. I actually uh, had a question about that. What does it mean for a guy to be sex positive? Like when he was talking to Katie a couple episodes ago, like does that just mean he likes to have sex? And like, or does he like support her? Like they're having a deep talk. He's like, I, you know, I want you to know that I'm very sex positive. Like, I, I guess I was confused. Like, who one guy isn't? Well, yeah, that's right. Like, oh, I guess Mike, Mike, Mike the Virgin. Yeah, he's but, not sex well, negative. He's just not sex there yet. Yeah, I, I, he did quote slip up recently and have oral sex. End quote. <laughs> he told people who did did he text you, Sarah? He texted me. No, he in an interview or like someone, someone from his team, like a spokesperson for Mike P said Mike had a quote slip up recently (laughs) and had oral sex. But did he stop mid blowjob? I don't know the details. I don't know the details. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not really sure, Drew. I think it's a good question. Uh, I think that he probably went all the way or else he wouldn't have felt it was a slip up. So, like, so basically Blake likes sex is what he was saying. Yeah, and I think he, I think he ultimately like sex positivity is like being confident in yeah. yourself and 
not and apologizing to be to like a, sex and yes. as a woman to be sex sexually driven because women are not allowed to be that in our society. Right. And so I imagine like when he was probably telling Katie he was sex positive, that was his way of being supportive of her. He's totally. positive about her sex positivity. He's positive yeah. about her I sex mean, positivity. It doesn't scare him away. It doesn't make him think she's slutty, stuff like that. Because right. I think in our culture, in the last, I mean, it's getting better, but there was a time when if you're a sex positive woman, meaning you don't wait till marriage or you do enjoy having sex with multiple partners or whatever that entails, but I didn't ha- ever have my sex positive phase yet. But used to that was associated with like, slut shaming and now it's like men do that and they're not sluts so women it's equal if women want to do that and they feel empowered about it and they're being safe you go girl right like women are allowed sex for pleasure the same way men are totally speaking of sex for pleasure the whoa whoa challenge that they brought up the fact that mike a was the one who lost it and and they uh, were saying like they had that clip of one of the queens uh, complimenting Mike on having the most endurance. And Aaron's like, I don't think that's what they meant. And Mike is like, no, that's how we're going to interpret it. <laughs> I thought the whoa challenge was weird. Like, so I didn't weird. need it. <laughs> but I like that Mike A ended up looking great out of it somehow. Of course he does, because he's Michael A, which is why he should not be our bachelor, because we will find fault. There is something about watching a man break women's hearts on television that just villainizes them. That's true. But when he wins a woke or we loses a woke- We prefer the underdog. We love him. We, we prefer the underdog. Yeah. We Even cannot, if his last name is Underwood. We cannot let him be our bachelor because he will be ruined for us. And I want to keep him perfect. Like I want to keep him Tyler Cameron. Like Tyler Cameron. Yeah. Who wrote a book. Oh, what's his Maggie, book? you should reach out. <laughs> I'm going to have a to-do list tonight. Um, along with studying for the boards, I plan to reach out to both Michael and, the, and his um, 4L Society to become a partnership. And then I'll now be reaching out to him as well. Yeah. Better to partner with all. I mean, Tyler Cameron. Tyler Cameron book. I would love or care. Tyler Cameron, if you're listening to this, um, you know, my email will be in the description. (laughs) Maggie, I don't know if you want me to do that. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, it could be interesting. It could be interesting. We'll talk about it after. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining me to talk about mental all. I love always seeing you guys, catching up with you guys and hearing all of your perspectives and Drew, um, screw you for calling me out about football. <laughs> I apologize on behalf of him. He doesn't understand how to treat our hosts. He never has treated our hosts. Well, he always calls them out about something. Drew, you're a guest. You need to stay <laughs> To be fair, when Drew has hosted me in your guys' home, he has only been terrible. Just kidding. <laughs> and the only reason you keep coming back is because I make it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, no, I'm sorry, Drew. Really, thank you for letting me know. I am humiliated and will never be coming back on here. <laughs> I know you're trying to, to turn this off because it's getting long, but let's just, before we turn it off, let's each say like, who do you think is going to win? Like, who do you think she's going to pick? And also, do you think they're going to last more than a few years? Okay. I'll go first. Then we'll do Maggie. Then we'll do Drew. Perfect. Um, Blake and no. <laughs> I'm going to go with Greg and no. I'm going to go with Blake and no. Sorry. I mean, the odds don't look good for her, but Katie, may the odds be ever in your favor. If she picks Justin, that would be wild. It would be. We would all be wrong, and that would be a first for all of us together. I mean, we've all been wrong, but not as a group. Not this wrong. I I did hear her say on Caitlin Bristow's podcast, she came on and Caitlin's like, is there anything they didn't show that you wish they did? And she said her connection with, connection with Justin was super oh. strong. 
start and they like he never really got like the airtime yeah, it makes sense because justin to me is like the brendan of the final like six uh, like one of these things is not like the other yeah 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 um guys thank you so much for being on thank you for having us Uh, we really appreciate the chance to be in the spotlight on national platform (laughs) you guys nailed it all right guys we'll see you next week for hometown slash finale slash fantasy who knows Uh, can't wait i hope she gets on that plane and she goes (laughs) (laughs) comes back you hope someone comes back i hope andrew s comes back somehow again I think he's crushing on Andrew S now. They just fooled us, like had all those guys on mental all, and then like one of them's going to come back and they just fooled us. That would be awesome. That would be the most dramatic season ever. And Tasha would not be a liar then at that point. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much. At all costs. (laughs) All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard and you want to support the pod, please rate, leave a review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine a podcast. Now, imagine a musical. Now, imagine the two of them made one million babies. Well, you don't have to imagine it. Because it's real, and it has a name. One Million Musicals. Each month, we bring you a brand new, original podcast musical featuring talent from across Broadway, films, and TV. You'll hear tales of spooky ghosts, Wild West shootouts, adventures on the high seas, and much, much more. One Million Musicals. Only a few hundred thousand to go. A Campfire Media Podcast. Campfire.